Okay, thank you for joining me once again on Rock Your Life with Nora Finch, a show dedicated to my passion in teaching wellness for whole mind and body wellness, and I strive to help keep us all mentally sound and balanced for everyday living should we all need it, and I also hope that I bring some laughter to your lives. Today's title of the show is called How Can the Punk Rock Philosophy Benefit Me? And I am sitting down with the notably remarkable man to me and I think to the punk rock subculture movement of the early 80s, particularly to the East Coast scene as he is from Washington, D.C., Mr. Ian Mackay. Thank you for being here. I said your last name correctly, right? You did, and I appreciate that. It's often multiple, many people... McKay. Yes. But it's McKay. Right. I love that. Okay. So our long awaited show after like four months or something like that <laughs> that it's been. Oh, more okay. than that. Yeah. I mean, you first contacted me almost a year ago. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the theme of this show surrounds what I like to bullet the beginning for people to get people's interest is how punk rock music and the ideology can benefit you. And what this term straight edge means that Anne coined, (laughs) word is so overused, okay, how you can apply it to your daily lives or perhaps you can use it when parenting your teens as a cool subculture to encourage a drug and alcohol free lifestyle. Okay, so it's just just an idea to throw it out there for you all. I also hope to shine the spotlight on the importance of human fulfillment and sense of belonging as expressed by Stephen Covey, an American educator and author, regarding the four needs of people, which is to learn, to love, and be loved, to live, and to leave a legacy. This is probably one, if not the most important show I'll ever do, in the sense that it has so much to do with my character development, and this subject, as well as the philosophy of Buddhism in my upbringing. Okay, Mr. Ian is widely recognized at the forefront of the American hardcore punk rock scene during the early 80s with his bands Minor Threat and the Teen Idols. Later down the road in the more alternative mainstream Fugazi, who has played in my intro for those of you who didn't know, and currently the Evens, right? Basically, Evens have been sort of in our back pocket for a while. We're working on a new, Amy and I are working on something new now, but we don't, we we don't have a name, we haven't played a show yet. Okay. He is also the founder of Discord Records, located in D.C., right? You're there. Co-founder of Discord Records, along with Jeff Nelson. Yes, that's right. Co-founder. Okay. And is most definitely known for coining the famous term straight edge, which we will discuss briefly in the episode. So I thank you for being here again. And a little bit intro, okay, that I have to share with everybody about myself Okay, so from the beginning as a teen, music was like therapy for me growing up in rural Pennsylvania. Not only did I have disconnections with my broken family, I also lacked a sense of belonging with my peers as well as my community. And I also wanted to say I had a broken family, but I grew up with my dad and my stepmom. So there, there was a family there, just not really my mom except during the summer. Okay, so there was definitely no sense of culture to help embrace my Asian side, and outside of my BF, there were zero people who shared similar interests. Okay, so we were like the weirdos, whatever, typical <laughs> st- typical scene of that in the movies, the 80s movies. So that's why finding a band like Minor Threat was such a big deal to me. You're going to laugh at this. 
Ian is a legend in my mind and important to me because he and the band gave me a sense of belonging in the world and empowered the social activist in me determined to fight for my cause, which had nothing to do with that world really except um, kind of being anti-pretty. But the cause, which was always to help empower any teens or women who have felt inadequate about their physical image due to America's portrayal of the ideal physically beautiful woman that every American man desires, which was the blonde Barbie image to me. Okay. He is also important as a social activist for change to me because not only did he bring people to movement like many historical figures, but he stimulated change within a single individual to desire better for themselves. Of course, there were people like any trend that would just use the word straight edge, but, you know, maybe only temporarily followed it um, and some held on to it. But the important part is, is that you helped facilitate change. And I love that. He also did this by utilizing his nonconformist ideas of not following the crowd at the time who were heavily using and doing drugs by creating his own acceptable box and lifestyle that worked for him, which then took a life of its own after coining two words that still are famous to this day. Straight edge. A trend where he actually made it cool to be square by not doing drugs and alcohol, having promiscuous sex, or being homophobic. That's right, right? All inclusive? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah pretty much, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm just listening to your characterization. Go okay. Ahead. This yeah. and standing up by not playing venues due to overpriced tickets and age restrictions are what make him so punk rock. <laughs> Those are both true, right? Because you wouldn't play if there were things that were overpriced, and right? Yeah, right? yeah, it has to be okay. all ages. And we try them. to do reasonable ticket prices, of course. Yeah. Yes. He is deserving of recognition in this country because I feel he supports personal growth and not the material world of life or things that I feel keep us down as a people. I know this is deep. Okay, this is going deep. Something I feel mainstream America does with the constant focus on physical beauty and being sexy along with telling us who they think we should be and how we should live our lives and help instead of helping us accept us as we are uniquely. I also feel they teach us that wealth and power are what get us ahead and that drama, lusting, competing, and the glamorization of the porn industry are really what we are about as a country. We are definitely not a country that supports personal growth or individualism or free thinking. This is just my opinion, okay? Years down the road, after all the work I've put into myself, I still reference Ian in that music scene when I start thinking negatively about myself, feeling rejected or unloved, and no one understands me, and he helps me remember who I am. And it's not something that I do all the time, but I feel like um, the negative thinking, but I do kind of feel like I go back and forth. Um, so that's also why, you know, this, this reoccurring, like listening to that music again and remembering all those parts is very important to me. It, it is like my form of therapy and I've never really done any sort of like professional counseling. Um, so a lot of my stuff has been very um, unconventional and that is for another podcast. So these are all of the things why um, music has been, you know, so therapeutic to me and why this has played a huge part in my my life. So you get to hear it, Ian, now. <laughs> you got to hear the whole thing. Any questions? Yeah. Any questions? Was that deep? Um, I, would, I, mean, I would just, <laughs> from just to be clear, I don't think of straight edge as a movement or a trend. Um, 
I wrote a song called Straight Edge, and it was about a person's right, absolute right to live how he or she wanted to live. I was written at a time in which many of my friends were drinking or getting high and behaving in a way that I didn't, I wasn't comfortable with, or it's not how I would live. And then I, because of my choices to not engage with those things, I was ridiculed, and which was really upsetting for me. Um, I was going to ask you to be ridiculed that. for being to be ridiculed for being different. Um, and Jimi Hendrix, who I mm-hmm. loved and continue to love, um, very important in my life. He had a song called "If Six Were Nine. Mm-hmm. At the end of that song is a small spoken passage, which is. I'm the one who has to die when it's time for me to die, so let me live my life the way I want to. And that that line, my sense at the time was that he was talking about being a freak or a hippie or a long hair or a drug user or whatever. But in any event, the point was I took the point for what I think he meant, which was like it was his life, and it's not for other people to uh, deride him or to assault him based on his decision about how he wanted to live. And... That's sort of what inspired me to say, okay, well, I this is my life. I should live the way I want to. Um, so, I, the irony, of course, is that you know, like the when it took it did resonate with other kids around the country. Mass only didn't invent sobriety. I mean, that predates alcoholism, right? And so, um, uh, but what I did was I sang a song at a time where there's other kids who also felt. Um, marginalized in society, a lot of whom didn't party, and they're like, "Wow, that's cool. That's a good, you know." That there's another kid, you know, somewhere in this country that sort of things like me, which was what punk was. Like punk rock was like this incredible discovery of all these other kids who were who all agreed that something seemed terribly wrong, but nobody was saying it. Right. Um, and so I was just sharing a one of like I was a deviant you know, in a land of deviance. Not everybody, I, there's other deviants. And when I say deviant, I mean they were deviating from right, mainstream the norm. society. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they were, and they, they were deviating from mainstream society and the toxicity that exists in that kind of mm-hmm. um, lifestyle. Like when mainstream stuff is, is toxic because it's just everyone engages in it and then they're, they're not really thinking about where to put the trash. And mm-hmm. um, so I, so the, of course, the, the irony with the idea of it being a movement is that movement suggests that there is a a concept or an idea that's more important than an individual. Mm. And I don't agree with that. I think what do you mean? What do you mean more important than the individual? Well, I think we have a movement movements, like a movement. If it's used for ill purpose, you know, you think like, well, the idea the the movement, like in this case, for instance, there were kids who identified as straight edge who felt so strongly about it. They assaulted other people who drank. Oh, right. The the militant um, right. side that, of it. So in other words, that, so for me, I'm just not interested in, in that. I don't think of it, that's not another, but, you know, I, you know I don't, I'm not interested in people being militant or being intolerant or, or any of that kind of stuff, you know, which it's quite the opposite, you know, for me. And so I've always stayed away. I've actually never referred to myself as, like, I never said, I'm straight edge. I said, mm-hmm. I'm straight Right. And that Meyer Threat was a punk band. We had, you know, 25 songs, 26 songs. We didn't, like, you know, a couple of them talked about substance abuse or whatever, but, but for the most part, there were songs about 
being a kid growing up and my the way things looked and what I, how I felt and and singing about being different or marginalized and mm-hmm. and, and and that having um, find myself by doing so becoming engaged with other people like that and and, and, and those people finding an extended family and ultimately finding a tribe. I mean, yesterday it's- I spent two hours with somebody who I've known for 37 years now or 38 years who's like he's like you know as close to me as a brother and you know these are people these are like the people from that punk scene that you know in the early 80s those are still some some of the closest people in my life so I feel like we were we were as marginalized I think probably I didn't know you obviously but I imagine that in your life you're looking for a connect to be connected to other people and 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 within of course I'm laughing. I'm laughing because I think you were like 24 and I was like 13. Right. I'm just saying. I'm saying. I didn't. Yeah. But I'm saying. But at that time, when you're talking about being a teenager growing up and feeling sort of like disoriented or disconnected or you know in your life because you couldn't feel you just in your family. You said you had a broken family. That was pretty common for punks at that time. Everyone was coming from somewhere. Everybody was coming from broken families, or they. They felt um, a disassociation. They felt marginalized, or because of their their family situation, or their sexuality, or their gender, or their or their race, or their mm-hmm. or their just the way they thought about things, or their or their vision, or what you know. They 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 just didn't fit in, and they and they and they're looking for other people to fit in with. And instead of finding a bunch of people who were lockstep with them in terms of everything they thought. What they found themselves, they found themselves in the company with other people who at least shared this sense of, you know, of marginalization. And mm-hmm. you're like, okay, well, this is the home for us. Like we're the dispossessed, you know. And um, so I think that's how I approached it. So I think that the idea, I mean, what's interesting about Straight Edge is that when people packaged that idea, this, when they took the songs that was Straight Edge, people have talked to me about the concept of a Straight Edge lifestyle. And mm-hmm. I kind of reject that idea because it suggests that it's a Only program way. or something. It's a pro- <laughs> program. You would, it's something you could sign up for or whatever. But <laughs> in my mind, if you think about it, if it's anything, you know, like when a child is born, they're not smoking or drinking or using drugs or 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 using sex as a way to 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 um, dominate other people or to to just you know, purely empower themselves, like um, that's not what babies are doing. They don't mm-hmm. have the, the so. So I would say, if anything, that kind of life, the party of life, mm-hmm. is that's the lifestyle. But mm-hmm. to be straight, that's life. Mm-hmm. That's that's the pure part of life. It's the simplest part of it. So approach. So on that though, are you kind of disappointed in a sense the direction it took that people just ran with it? Like this is no. what you, all you were doing, and then look at what happened. No, I don't. I'm not disappointed because I don't. It's not. I ideas. All I can have in terms of ideas is, is, is I, I can only control transmission. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't control reception. And <laughs> frankly, I, I frankly like that. The, the amount of people that out there in the world. Who have done have used it for ill purposes? Use this idea of this song I wrote, Straight Edge, or that idea of um, of you know being straight or whatever uh, in terms of in terms of substances and so forth. Um, sure, there have been some people who have taken advantage of that to work out their own 
uh, toxicity or their own violence. But for every one of those people, I think there's probably dozens, if not hundreds, who are just trying to do the do something right in the world. So I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't feel disappointed or whatever. I, it's hard for me to think about it as something like, hey, I want to tell you, everybody out there, that they should practice straight edge. I don't, I just don't think like that. That's not the way I approach it. Um, I don't, it's not something, there's no manual. Um, there's not even really a definition, mm-hmm. honestly. I mean, I, you know, there was a, a famous story where I, you know, I was, had been driving to a show when I was in Fugazi and I was driving to Cleveland and we, we drove from, I think, Indianapolis or something. It was kind of a, a longer drive than I had expected. The traffic was bad. We got to this venue we were a little bit late. It was hot. I was tired, you know, and, you know, and as I got out of the van, um, I was holding a bottle of iced tea, you know, it was unsweetened black iced tea. And there was a, a, a young man outside of the venue and he saw me and he immediately pulled up. He saw me and he stopped and he said, you know, well, my friend would say caffeine's a drug. Oh, yeah. Yes. I was and just, I gonna... said, well, yeah. Tell your friends to go F themselves, you know, because I'm not, you know, it's not, I just, I'm not interested in being judged. I don't judge people, and I'm certainly not interested in being judged. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Right. It's just like the cheese thing. That's why I don't like the vegan, the, the labels and the vegan. Oh, I saw you eat a piece of cheese the other day. You're not vegan. Right. But, that, but yeah, but I, I like to hang out with adults, <laughs> and that's not the way adults should act. Right. So when people, if someone talks to me like that, I'm like, you must be kidding me. Like, mm-hmm. the people, you know, I just don't make comments. I figure people, I don't, I'm not looking to enforce any rules. And I think that's part of it. I think that people's perception from the outside of straight edge, it was a set of rules. But for people who studied Meyer Threat, which was the band in which I wrote the song, you know, the song was first released on a seven inch. Um, and then from the, that was in 1981. And there was so much, um, it was such an uproar around it that we re-recorded one of the songs. And we, and, and, and in the middle of it, we had a a spoken word thing where I say, this is not a set of rules. <laughs> it's, I say, it's about, it's about, it's sort of an anti-obsession song. You no, know, mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I would think most people would, I don't know anyone who would disagree that, um, you know, abusing alcohol or abusing crystal meth, mm-hmm. you know, or, or abusing sexuality uh, that, I don't think anybody would would disagree that it's not healthy. I think probably that yeah the 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 way the lyrics are written, I could see how people would interpret it like that. Right. So, well, I think the know. real the, the 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 reason that it was, I think part of the reason that people heard it was that there's a song called Out of Step, and I can mm-hmm. we cuss on this one or not? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the lyric for the song Out of Step is very straightforward and direct, and it was actually right. a part of this two songs on that single. One song was called In My Eyes. And that song right. kind of laid out my thoughts about like what I saw and how I, what I thought about it in my friendship. Keep in mind that I was mm-hmm. 19, 18, 19 years old when I wrote these songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote Straight Edge when I was 18. I wrote In My Eyes when I was 19, I think. And I was singing to about 15 people who were my friends in the scene. In 1980, or early 81, I mean, we didn't have a record out. So how on earth would I think, would it occur to me 
that I'd be talking mm. to a Pennsylvanian transplant in Sacramento on a podcast <laughs> about self-help 2018. It would never, I wouldn't even, I, I wouldn't, what would, what would be a podcast in 1980? It's, it's unimaginable. I think, again, it's, the retro vision gives people the sense that like somehow he was sending out a message to the world. I was sending a message out to my friends. I was singing to my friends. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about, I was figuring out how things work, how life works. And I was singing about the frustrations I was having, um, understanding relationships, understanding behaviors, and, 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 and being concerned about people's health and being scared about I... their about decisions. So that's what I was singing about. So it didn't occur to me. So when I wrote the song Out of Step, there was a much more direct song. And it said... <laughs> I'm looking it was, at it right <laughs> now. <laughs> What's that? I'm looking at the booklet thing right now. Right, and so the, the lyrics are, I mean, they're really direct, and this is what I think, and I knew what I was doing when I wrote them. I wrote, don't smoke, uh, don't drink, don't, don't fuck. fuck, at least I can fucking think. Um, I'm out of step with the world. And and the, and it was a real, it was a sort of a, a slap back at all the people. Um, but I was saying, but if you look at the words, it looks, at first glance, you might, one might think, that it's a, a series of directives. Don't this, don't that, and don't that. But it's qualified by the fourth line, which is at least, but at least I can fucking think. Clearly, I am saying that I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't fuck. But at least mm-hmm. I can fucking think. And, um, and then I was saying, but I'm out of step of the world, clearly, because I'm not like all you people who all you want to do is smoke, drink, and then just fuck everybody. Yeah. <laughs> right? And that just right. seemed not the way I saw life. I didn't understand no. that. So, well, I but think... that's the, so this is where, but I mean, I was playing with words. I was trying to get, I was trying to make um, an impression. And I guess you I did. did. You did. Yeah. But I think just in general, overall, just like a lot of punk rock music, all of the songs sound very angry, right? This association with punk rockers, like angry. Um, and pissed off at the world, which I do want to say right now that I want to clarify that because I think in our culture, we're looked at that m- m- whatever group of people are looked at as angry, weird teens with t- mohawks, studded jackets and colored hair who don't shower. So it's like the rejects and all of that, like association. That's why I crack up at that interview. I list, I um, I watched on YouTube getting interviewed and you're drinking like soda or something. <laughs> Do you remember that? Because they were such dumb questions in my opinion. I don't even like Yeah, yeah, dumb. I made that. I was, that was our was extra great. on the DVD. I, oh my God. It's my the I, Q&A. It's a series of questions with my facial expressions. no answers, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you that just was my idea. Drinking. I thought it was so funny just hearing her. Because I want people to see kind of what I was up against, like, but sometimes what you get up against, you're just being asked these questions, like, well, how would you feel if your friend was killed in El Salvador? Like, why are you asking? I'm just a kid in a fucking band. Uh-huh. But that's why the judgment. This? So, this is the judgment like that. So, again. But I think I have to say that, you know, I was talking, I went, I had a meeting the other day with um, the Folk Life Center at the Smithsonian with some folk, people working on folk, folk art stuff and we were talking about punk and I and they were saying, Well, you know, it just seemed aggressive. I said, Yeah. I said, It's totems. Like go like if you look in cultures, they have totem poles and they have all these masks carved. I go, It was it was something important and they were trying to it was 
it the, the 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 symbolism and the and the the, um, the appearances sometimes are are partially to um, protect what's going on behind the mask, and also sometimes to try to convey just how significant what's going on behind that mask is. So you want people to be a little taken aback. Um, I know that punk, you know, people may think of punk as unwashed people. That's because media has. Right. The media has been very successful in um, advocating or, for, or forwarding that that kind mm -hmm. of um, image. Um, I happen to know the punks. The people I think of as punks are the most conscientious, the most loving, um, you know, industrious, uh, constructive. I mean, frankly, why would anybody align themselves for decades with something if it was just a bunch of nihilists? who were just drinking their own vomit. It wouldn't make any sense, right? So, right. but there were but there were punks that or if you want to call excessive or abused right. alcohol and, but, and that weren't straight edge too. Of course. So I I said yeah. that we there were people coming from all and I knew yeah. plenty of people who had I mean, I knew a lot of dead people. Of course. <laughs> they were lovely, industrious, creative people who had illnesses. They had they had they were mentally ill or they had they were had diseases. You know, they are addicts. Um, mm -hmm. That's part of the deal. But the thing is, punk is just shorthand for a human being. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not that you, you can't paint everybody by one stripe. And well, I, think I, that, I don't think. It I think gets... that we say punk. I say punk because I'm trying to. I'm trying to differentiate myself from the the mainstream society because I find the mainstream society to be. Um, I mean, I think in your intro you kind of touched upon some of it, but. Is this, you know, the, the, what they're about. Right. Well, not they. It's yeah. us. It's yeah. the world. That's yeah, why the not people they. have to change. Yeah, that's why yeah, the people they, have to change. That's, that's the soup we live in. Sometimes people tell me, you know, oh, you know, you're, I can talk to people in America or in Europe, and they're like, oh, well, you know, your, your culture is so, you know, like it's, you're so imperialistic, your culture. I said, yeah. I mean, you think you feel bad? I think we feel that we're the ones who live there. We, we mm -hmm. got they they rolled us over first, mm -hmm. and the they there in that situation is us. Mm -hmm. It's like it's the world. It's not like you know. It's not. It's like that's. It's, it has to do. It's it's the it's the. I think the proclivity of the human beings to try to organize things in a way that puts some people in the power. But the only way to win is to have someone else to lose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I try to. I'm trying to step out of the game, and that's why I say punk. 